Good day, everyone. I hope uh, everyone had a great weekend and before that, a great week uh, in the world. The, the cards seem to be falling apart, uh, hopefully. Uh, I, I say that very ambitiously, although Ontario is still lagging a few steps behind. Cracks are forming all over and uh, as far as I see it, that's great news. Uh, we've got a long way to go and we shouldn't get complacent yet, but uh, changes are coming. Uh, this week we are going to talk toxic masculinity, uh, and that's about it. We we've got a we've got a guest joining us today, uh, so we're just going to get right into it and uh, enjoy the episode. When I wear my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will take vengeance upon mine enemies. And I will repay those who hate me. O Lord, raise me to thy right hand and count me among thy saints. And I am reminded on this holy day of the sad story of Kitty Genovese. As you all may remember, long time ago, almost 30 years ago, this poor soul cried out for help time and time again, but no person answered her calls. Though many saw, no one so much as called the police. They all just watched as Kitty was being stabbed to death in broad daylight. They watched as her assailant walked away. Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. And on that note, the indifference of good men and the absence of them, and the overabundance of weak men, that is all we're talking about today. Weak, effeminate, just where things have gotten in society. I simply couldn't uh, do this as a monologue. I had to bring on... When we're talking about weak men, the only way to really send the point home is to invite a female on. Hello, everybody. Weak men! What the heck is happening? Oh god, I really wish I could tell you. Like I don't even know where to start with weak men. It's it it's it's an endem like it's an endemic issue. Like the people talk about COVID being a pandemic. No man. <laughs> uh weak men is a, a long standing pandemic that's at going least for on. me, I think COVID has really shone the light. At least it's highlighted how how very many few strong men. How there very are. many few? How very many few How very many few. Right. Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, with the pandemic and when it comes down to people taking a stand or really evaluating their morals, um, actually, it's the lack of morals and the lack of moral compass that everyone has, but particularly for this episode that men have, that's really like brought things to the forefront of, I hate saying it, but how a lot of men have just lost... <laughs> Uh, the morals of what it means to be a, a good man, a strong man, 
or like a traditional man and apparently that's like not okay in today's society anymore either oh it's straight up not allowed it's unfortunate yeah it's terrible for a man to desire a to get married and have kids and hopefully have a wife stay home and raise those kids it is it is not allowed to even want that yeah at this point like if you say that that's what you want either on like from the perspective of a man or from the perspective of a woman you're basically called a fundamentalist like it and it's so 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 unfortunate because that's not what it is it's just traditional roles and people are so scared to lean into that at this point in time because we've been told for so long at least from my female perspective that that's not okay to do well and and forgive me for not fully knowing the 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 insult there I, if I was to be called a fundamentalist, it wouldn't instinctively insult me. No, and again, this is coming from like our difference in perspective and how we were raised. You have your very your Christian morals, and yeah. I have a very agnostic, borderline atheist uh, perspective on things. So, with how society is nowadays throwing the word fundamentalist out there is kind of like how people overuse the word narcissist. It's kind of one of the same. People just don't understand what what the word is. And honestly, people throw the word fundamental when it comes to like these roles, when really the word traditional would be right. much better applied. I, I more or less say that in the sense that like we're at a point now where you just you can't allow these ridiculous labels that are almost never used in proper context no. to carry any weight. No, there's that, and I'm almost at the point where I'm that annoying person who will bring up the definition of of what As you're you've saying. Done, I think twice already tonight. Maybe <laughs> I didn't get into the definition of like traditional versus fundamental. I'm not sitting here googling it, um, but I think that's the point where we're at with society is that we live in this society of hyperbole my favorite word that everything's just blown out of proportion and it's let's go back and actually examine things and examine what the words mean and the dynamic of a traditional relationship between a man and a woman or whatever kind of relationship you prescribe to but I do personally believe that outside of a heterosexual relationship that there is always a masculine and a feminine element in any relationship that's required so energy whatever you want to prescribe to there um but again, it's, it's like, natural and it's healthy. It doesn't not even in the heterosexual situation. It's it's you go back to like the yin and the yang with everything. And like we're in a society now where they just want a gray circle. They want it all blended and mixed. And it, it's sad because that's not how uh, nature works. Even like you need to have both elements. And the other thing that I find very interesting is in society we've apparently lost the ability to have like dialectical thinking where you can't be like both but also the same like things can be two different things but at the same time like work together or it can be different but the same at the same time and everyone just wants this massive melting pot and that's that's not how things work and there's actually a lot of in my opinion like beauty to having two different energies that complement one another because that's how you like actually build a relationship and from my perspective with I hate using the word effeminate, but like that's where we're getting at with things. With effeminate men or men that are scared to be masculine, it, it almost forces women to kind of step into those shoes and then we lose the ability to be feminine. It's kind of like we joke all the time about me like bringing out Southern Belle energy and it's like so hard for me to do because I haven't been in a situation that I can embrace that for so long. Well, and I, I attribute, I, I don't even think that the feminization of men has been what has 
made women have to become more masculine. I think you can look far, as far back as like probably second wave feminism, if I have to be particular, where everyone agrees women deserve a say in the economy, in in politics, in every voting was necessary. Um, but you saw come second wave a giant push to get women equal part in the workforce. And don't get me wrong, I think if that's what a woman wants, then she should have the ability to, to seek out equal employment. Um, but you, in doing that, you crushed the quote-unquote American dream where a family could have a wife stay home, take care of the kids, and keep the house. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's, it's complementary but different. But in, in doing that, they've created a situation where it's no longer feasible to, to do it. They, they've economically watering down the mar- marketplace by having more people compete. Low, wages didn't increase like they should have. And, and all of the economic forces. I, I see that being the start of where I think women started picking up more of the pants and because of that, men started letting them go a bit. Letting what go? The pants. Okay. They Just, became more feminine. I they didn't have to be as as providing and masculine. And it, it was a slow effect, but we're, we're where we are today because it the ball started rolling. I think that's about where the ball started rolling. It's interesting that you take the perspective of like an economic view because for me, I like I put everything through a historic context and like a societal context. So I would argue that you could have started this during the First World War where we send millions and millions of men to war. Absolutely like decimate men between the ages of 16 up to 40. We just lost millions of people. So men became like this very like prized resource that you had to kind of like protect if you will, between 1914 and 1918. And then we repeat that cycle in the Second World War. So we have a generation where there's less men than there are women. And because this all happened, in my opinion, it's kind of like women started mothering every man around them instead of supporting a husband. And then at that time, women were also going into the workforce and were taking on a lot of these jobs, which was completely necessary from an economic point of view. But it's also hard to kind of go back and give that up when you've had some freedom and independence when you never had it before. Um, Which is kind of interesting to examine. I'm not saying that women can't do work, but I feel like after women entered the workforce in that capacity, there started being pressure that if you want to have that traditional stay at home, raise the kids, teach your kids all of these like amazing values and morals that you were kind of less valuable you were less intelligent like it was less worthy work they removed the value of homemaking which is really unfortunate they they said that the time that you spend every day every hour that you put into homemaking is less valuable than what say a man's salary would be a man's hourly like burden rate interesting i uh yeah because like when you bring back to the war effort and warranted that we definitely needed people to step up in that, that moment but you look at the caliber of men that left the country to fight, or the caliber of men that returned. Those were, were battle-hardened men. They were also very broken men, the ones absolutely, that returned. Like absolutely. PTSD, shell shock. Like we, we sadly brought back men that they needed help, and they didn't necessarily get the help that they needed because they couldn't ask for that help. It was oh, not okay to say that you needed it. didn't get the help. That's when we started telling men to buck up, and that's a huge problem that's happened, is we now have emotionally detached men in a lot of situations. Right. 
And and but even even looking at the the generation after those men, where they raised children of, basically a lot abuse. Yeah, the boomers uh, emotionally and physically. Um, I'm not far off that product. Like we got the belt, we got the spoon. Uh, it, oh yeah, I was raised in a hard house, um, but it's it still didn't produce weak men. So like, again, I I I. I Maybe it's just my way of looking at the world, but from an econo- bringing it to an economic perspective of supply and demand, mm-hmm. where you look at masculine men, supply and demand. During the war boom, it was a huge demand for strong men. But then you, we go back to second wave, first wave, second wave feminism, and strong men were, were almost made to be the oppressor, and, and weak men became admirable. Because they were they were sympathizers and they were allies, and you can be an ally and be strong. Again, it comes down to this dialect idea. Oh, for sure. But most people don't see it that way, or at least haven't. Uh, kind of to like in line with what we were saying with um, what was the word we were using? Narcissist being thrown around. What was the other one we were talking about? How the word narcissism is overused, and there was another one that we just previously mentioned. Fundamentalist. Fundamentalist. So let's talk about toxic masculinity and how that's thrown out like a weapon every other word when it comes down to anytime a man wants to do something that's like would in my opinion be a traditional male role or a traditional well, I would make the argument there is no such thing as toxic toxic masculinity oh there are, there are toxic traits there's toxic people everyone there's can be toxic, toxic people. there's totally toxic but toxic I femininity I do not as well believe that toxic masculinity is a thing because being emotionally shut off is toxic oh absolutely it has nothing to do with masculine or feminine no, being emotionally uh, detached is awful. Being physically aggressive when you're frustrated. Women can be just as physically. Right. Like I recently met someone who separated from his wife because she like physically abused him. Yeah, and people don't talk about that enough. No, so so I I would say just to anyone really placing any weight on the context of toxic, point it out. I I've never seen it. I think you should just say toxic people. Like, right. every everyone, every... I'll call bad behavior bad behavior regardless if it's coming from a Kevin or a Karen. A Kevin or a Karen. They can, they can a behave Becky the same A Becky or a Brad. Way. Right. Yeah. I agree. It's just, again, people throw words out there without I, fully unpacking it, and it's just easy to say that something I think the problem is people, people... And again, you go back to weak men. Nobody pushes people on this. Like, if you're called a racist, a misogynist... This, this, that, or the other, nobody pushes back. It, it it shuts down conversation, and people let it. That's the thing, though. People don't want to have hard conversations. Are you kidding me? Like, how many people would want to sit down here, like, well, in a male and female dynamic, and I'm we're going to sit here and talk about the issue of, of weak men, and then I would even argue how that's completely damaged how men and women relate to one another, and it's created toxic femininity. Oh, know? 100%. Yeah, well... People don't want to, like, I, I do attempt to be balanced, and I don't ever attempt to be unbiased. I think that's next to impossible. Recognize your bias. I acknowledge my bias, and, and I will own it whenever I need to. Um, but it's it's very difficult to have anyone with opposing views really sit down. Like, I, we're doing a episode on pro-life and, and abortion coming up, and I, I genuinely attempted to have somebody sit down from the other side and nobody really will sit down and have those conversations from a, from an honest middle ground perspective where they're willing to concede some points where it needs to be and, and honestly look at it from a neutral perspective. 
people like to argue on social media, but when you come to sit down and have intellectual conversation, it doesn't happen. That's because everything is so surface level. Like even going back to this whole, like what is masculinity? What is femininity? Like now everything is so just like you said, it's surface level. It's what appeals at any given time. Let's use hot button words, but we don't actually understand what we're saying. We're going to think that we're having intelligent conversations, but so few people can actually have an intelligent conversation. It's kind of like that, um, goodwill hunting, uh, clip where the guy's giving Ben Affleck a hard time and tries throwing around all these textbook words to try and make him feel stupid and inferior. And then Matt Damon comes in. He's like, Oh, you pulled that quote from page 279 of, I'm going to say Descartes. I'm totally wrong here. Cause they're talking about economic theory. And he's like, yeah, so you're paying $60,000 for this education that you're just going to plagiarize quotes from when I paid 50 cents in late fees from the library and I got the exact same thing. So yeah, people just throw things out there to try and seem intelligent or like they know what's going on, but they're not actually creating or thinking about things for themselves and where they actually stand on an issue. They just want to fit in with where all of their friends are. They want to be socially accepted on social media and get like the likes and everything like that and just appear like what's trendy or whatever and do some kind of like stupid TikTok dance and be like, yeah, this is what's going on. Yeah. On that topic, what, what would you call masculinity and femininity? Ah, this is really, uh, that's hard. I like this question. Um, and I'm the worst person. I will. You came with notes. I did come with notes, but it's more like page quotes and traditional things. I hadn't actually like thought of my own, uh, idea. I think a lot of what I was coming from thinking about this was like the symbiotic relationship between men and women and how, if they're able to lean into their actual nature and their roles, like it actually creates this like very beautiful, um, relationship in theory. Um, but when I think of traditional or what is masculine from my perspective, um, and I'm going to own my own, I'm a terrible judge of any kind of character. Like it's something that I'm working through based off of everything that like I've gone through in the last decade. Um, when I think of like a masculine man from my perspective, it would be someone who has the ability to own their their ideas and not be scared of like hiding from them, like being able to like stand their ground and say, this is what I believe. And that's okay to believe it as long as it's not damaging. Um, it would be someone who's actually capable of communicating effectively, like openly saying like, this is what needs to happen. And I can listen. I'm not just going to like shut you down from that perspective. It's someone who, when I'm going to swear, this is not whatever. When like shit hits the fan, they're able to like actually show up and deal with things instead of like retreating. Like it's someone that can actually take charge of a situation and be able to like handle it, if you will. And a situation can be, we're in a car accident or something like that. Like, let me address this or whatever. Um, Someone who can like protect you and not just in a physical sense. Like there's many aspects to like how you can protect a person. Like you can protect someone's physical well-being, their emotional well-being, their mental well-being. Same with like how you support someone. Financial, physical, mental, emotional. And then when I think of feminine energy or feminine femininity, it's actually being able to, and I hate using this word, but like take almost a submissive role and be able to trust that this other half to you is able to like guide you safely and the care that you like you provide to them is able to support what they're doing understanding that like each person has a different value a different role it's a it's ideally in my like brain how I perceive it it's that this person is able to do this on a male perspective so as a woman I'm able to like lean into more of like 
the true caregiving, not like a, I have to mother someone, but like I actually want to like nurture the person. And then if you have children that you're able to like properly nurture the, the child and like lean into that instead of feeling that as a woman, you have to like constantly like take control of things. Like I don't want to feel like I have to mother a man in my life. And I feel like that's kind of where things have gotten. We, I, yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty much spot on. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, I would simplify it from my perspective a little bit. Like, masculinity, to really oversimplify, is just being hard. Like, when t- times get tough, you're the rock. When you need to provide, you put your nose to the grindstone, you do it. Sometimes you don't come all the way through. But a, a real masculine man is going to do what he can. It might not always be enough, but he's still going to do what he can. And a feminine woman would is is soft and... It's it's it absolutely is the yin and the yang where they complement each other and I I look at it from like a raising children's perspective where you want to impart both parts on any child masculine or feminine child you want them to see both sides and get a balance so they can really embrace themselves and in a masculine and feminine person really embracing those traditional roles complement each other honestly in a perfectly natural way. And that's the whole thing. Like, if you go into, like, the symbol of the yin and yang, like, it actually represents, like, a natural balance. Like, this, like I was saying, this symbiotic relationship. And specifically, if you look at the yin and yang symbol, like, it's dark and light, but each has, like, a small element of the other. Like, I'm not saying that as a woman you have to be completely submissive and completely sub- subordinate, because there are times where you have to step up. And, like, if the, the man or masculine element in your relationship is struggling, and, like, men are allowed... To Absolutely. they're allowed to break down like there are moments where as a woman you have to also be strong or like when it comes down to your kids like you protect that kid you well, know yeah. what i mean like you're or a mother like, bear you're at the grocery store and somebody steals your parking spot but your husband's not there you have to be able to lay down the law <laughs> i'm not gonna like <laughs> honestly that's a little intense like i'm not gonna get out of my parking spot if, and like cuss somebody it out. was a really good parking spot yeah I like get- next to the handicap no. Maybe that's just because it's not a trigger for me. Like, I, I, that, but I understand what you're saying. There are times where you have to like step up because there isn't someone there with you. So you have to be able to stand on your own. A hundred percent. Women have to be empowered to do that and know that that's okay. And it's kind of like men can't always feel that they have to be like these complete like monsters. Like you don't have to be David Goggins level of hard all the time. Men have to know that it's okay to like also show emotion that like they're that that's okay like you don't always have to like buck up stiff upper lip like handle it 100 percent. like we we raising our my old my oldest son is nine years old and like nine he's getting into some shit (laughs) and he will push buttons just to push buttons and in our house i am the traditional masculine male and i will lay down the law when he steps out of line he gets corrected and he gets punished. He get if I have to raise my voice, I raise my voice. He goes to his room. After it cools down, we we go and talk emotions because you do need the balance. It again, a toxic trait would be to just discipline and never let's have a conversation about it. And that's actually like a really good kind of segue into like how I think we ended up where we are um, in society. Like growing up, how often did your parents talk to you about emotions and how you process emotions? We didn't exactly. It just it wasn't a thing. Uh, at all, which I think is part of the problem that we have this whole like millennial culture where we, we did not grow up learning how to talk about any of these things. We dealt with, like you said, I don't want to say like the spoon and everything like that. Like there's multiple ways that like parents could absolutely torment us, neglect us, like 
We used to, the, the worst was the switch. And it wasn't getting hit with it. It was sticking the it switch. Was sticking it. And making sure you got a thick enough one. Yeah. See, I never dealt with that. My my side of things is like complete like emotional mental like just neglect. Just like that that wasn't a thing. Um where was I going with this? But yeah, we didn't come from a generation where we could talk about things, where you learned how to process things, or like if you have an outburst like your son who is reacting, yes, you're punished, but then you go back and you talk about what happened. Like that's not what happened. So we've kind of gone through life as now adults, which is kind of terrifying, relearning how to like parent ourselves. And we never had, or at least from my perspective, I didn't grow up in an environment where I would have what I would determine. Sorry, dad, if you're listening, I know you kind of like this podcast, um, where it was a traditional manly figure who could kind of step up in the way that you're describing for your son and kind of guide someone. So for me, I didn't learn what to actually look for in a partner at all like that wasn't something as like a this is something that you should like strive for like this is how a husband for example is supposed to interact with their wife and same with my mother to my father it was very much like my mother mothering my dad instead of supporting him in the way that a partner should and I think that's very much influenced where we're at right now with how men deal with masculinity and also how (laughs) women sadly are trying to have a relationship with men is that we're at the point that we have men. And again, this came from my own personal lens of my marriage that I recently got out of. Like I had to mother my husband and that's not how things are supposed to work at all. No, it's, it's basically set up to fail from the start. Exactly. Cause I mean, especially when, when people are getting married fairly young, like early twenties, like you have no idea how to mother, let alone any of the other stuff. So how are you supposed to learn how to be a wife and a mother to fix this broken person who can't even really recognize... Like, and that's the thing. Most weak men nowadays honestly think there's nothing wrong. They think they are perfect and society is supposed to be this way. And strong men or violent men are wrong and we, we, don't, we need to evolve past that. It's really interesting that you say that because like, particularly from the lens of the relationship that I came out of, if you were to look at the person that I had been married to, we're talking someone who had been in the military, like very much like trying to like project this strong, like ultimate self, probably self-proclaimed like alpha male, which I hate. That's the other thing. Like no man that says that they're an alpha male is truly um, in line with that thought pattern. But yeah, it's like you said, dangerous. People think that dangerous is just like physically dangerous. Where from my perspective, if I think of like a truly dangerous man and dangerous doesn't have to mean violent or anything it's kind of like if you look at the word like um terrible if you look at Ivan the terrible it's not that he was an awful person it's the power that he had um so for here when I think of like a dangerous man and this would fall into like what I would view as like a masculine male it's someone who knows the power that they have knows the influence that they have know that if like again shit were to hit the fan that they're able to handle things but they're able to control that yeah. It's kind of like... Um, I love Peterson's quote on this. Yeah. It, it's phenomenal. And I think that's the other thing. So if you were to look at me, I'm female. So automatically people would be like, you don't like Peterson. And I get this all the time because you know, like I'm a huge, huge Peterson fan. Like I'm with you for Peterson for prime minister. Um, <laughs> Even the audiobooks. Yeah, I have both. I have the... I'm the first to admit this. I have the hard copies. I and I have never the, let you live down the time you told me he shouldn't auto... Because he sounds like Kermit, but he owns his Kermit voice. Like, I've, I've grown it, I've accepted it, and you can really hear his emotion in 
what he says. And what, like, that's a dangerous dude. That is a dangerous man in the element that I talk about danger, just how intellectual he is, how able he is to like talk about his ideas and do that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, it's controlling it. And similar to how you just had your guest on there talking about, um, practicing like jujitsu it's a controlled thing it's like you do this you practice it because there's an element of like beauty to it but in practicing that for your own reasons like mental health and stuff like that that's a dangerous thing like you can totally snap someone's arm and it's just learning to control whatever like intelligence you have whatever physical strength you have and then if it needs to be unleashed it's unleashed but being able to control that is what makes something dangerous in any capacity like you're a multi multi multi-dimensional threat i guess which is what we all strive to be, isn't it? You would think so, but no. Not in today's society. <laughs> Not in today's society. In today's society, we want to be. What would you say if uh, that that forty two that we just uh, that you were picking me apart about and about how I can't just listen to what you say when it comes to my dating life? Oh, this uh, is a great example, actually. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you're you're trying to date, and <laughs> and given my acuity for for understanding people's personalities. Uh, you ran it by me and basically gave me a handful of characteristics and I, 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 I got his job, his age, age, his car, all from the handful of things you gave me. And I, no, I told you his age. I told you his age. Yeah. You didn't guess that one. But, and, and right from the start, like that whole scenario, like you're talking a 13 year gap, was it? He was, is 42 and I'm 31. Right. So 11 year gap. 11 year gap. And, uh, I, from that, I, he, hundred percent sales, mid-level sedan, semi-luxury. So he drives a mid-level Beamer. It was a mid-level level Beamer. And I will say he self-proclaimed this car to be douchey, which like I died laughing because anytime you talk about a Beamer, you're always talking about how the guy's like a total douche. So uh, like I laughed when I saw that car. I'm not going to lie. But hundred percent, like in that situation, you were a lifestyle accessory. Which is hilarious because I am not at all that person and the poor guy thinking that I would be but, that but that's, person. But that's sadly where we've got to with the relationship between men and... Like, that that situation is not uncommon. No, absolutely. Like, like men are no longer looking for the mother of their children. They're not looking for somebody who they can take on the West with proverbially okay i'm saying like i'm not trying to go be like little house on the prairie here no maybe some chickens and some land as somebody who's like sought out a wife i look for somebody that like if again if shit hits the fan i am good with this unit plain and simple yeah i don't need outside assistance or whatever if if we have to go off the grid this is somebody i could go through war with and i will raise children with like and and people honestly they don't they don't approach marriage with it they don't approach dating with it it's everything's disposable it's so bad it's either disposable or it's for that surface level like look at this like whatever i'm going to post and i'm i guess in this example some 42 year old dude that's like pulling some i'm not even that young like i would think like younger in reference to him but th- this I'm is younger like, and it's almost illegal, illegal. yeah but like from my perspective because of like how everything has gone on in like this adventure this experiment that i'm calling dating for me like my first assumption is that like if you're older than i am like you probably are a little bit more in touch with yourself and that's also terrifying to me that like men my age i can't like even deal with but also now i can't have an 11 year age difference because essentially they're the same the same type of guy just with gray hair backtrack that that whole concept 
and apply that logic to parental figures. Oh, our... Age doesn't mean you have it together. No, absolutely. And in this day and age, most people just don't have it together. No one has it together, and no one's... Like, it takes a lot to be willing to do the work to get it together. And this is coming from someone who basically had to, like, rebuild my life at 30. But you have to be willing to do that, and that that sucks. Like, being able to do that kind of introspective work, that's hard. That's so hard. But, like, I honestly think that's just about what everyone in our generation needs to do if they haven't developed and for me i said at the beginning of recording here like a moral compass and i think that's truly where a lot of the um issues both with men and female come down to because i said i grew up agnostic i grew up atheist i didn't have a set of guiding principles of what to look to whereas you who i would say like fully like enters one of those like strong masculine characters like you grew up i think you grew up in a family of faith. Yeah, I grew up completely family of faith. My personal faith, I really didn't come to full conviction till my early adulthood. But yeah, I I grew up, and same with my children, I won't force them into any direction, but they will be raised within a structure of foundational faith. Uh, My parents always raised us in the sense that when times get tough, you need structure. And this is the most fundamental structure we can give you. So as long as we know that you have something to fall back on if things get hard. And it was probably one of the best things they've ever done for me. Because um, things get hard. Life gets hard. And the thing is, is like when life gets hard now, people, like their first thing is to just abandon. Like jump ship. Everyone, especially in relationships, I feel so many people have just decided that when things get hard, you just abandon it instead of like sit down and try and work through it. Like have those uncomfortable conversations and truly fight for something. Um, sorry. My alarm to keep me on track with my life so that I don't forget things. Um, but where I was going with that is that people don't fight for what they love anymore. Like they don't fight for what they've committed to. Like people are so easy to just treat everything as disposable. A vacuum's disposable if your little brush thing breaks. So you're going to spend a hundred dollars getting a new vacuum instead of contacting the company and be like, "This is a personal example." I see you smiling here. So instead of working out and working through a warranty and having that I hate doing this whole customer service thing people just go buy something new instead of working on something that yeah like it's great fundamentally it's great it normally works but it's going through like a bit of a rough period and I think that's the other side of where we're at when it comes to masculinity like it's just easier to move on to the newer younger whatever model than it is to actually like sit down and have the introspective work and be in touch with your own emotions and like work through what's going on with you and i think part of that is because men have been told that they're not allowed to do that that that's not okay that makes them weak but really that makes them strong yeah and well just like everything like you 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 hit the nail on the head when it's it's like replace culture where like i'm a car and motorcycle guy i you're a new motorcycle person i'm gonna call you out on this cage or kyle uh i've got a motorcycle you don't i know mine runs yours doesn't just wait um but no like i bought this thing for next to nothing didn't run it runs now it's road legal it's a beaut um i've built cars and, and but like in today's automotive culture it's it is you don't fix anything it's you're you're a lego mechanic and that applies to everything in today's society you look at celebrity culture and like relationships 
don't last. Like, it is rare for a celebrity to stay married to the same person. And that trickles downstream. We don't... When when you say people, like, struggle with, like, committing it or whatever, it, people don't commit. They, they they might think they do. But, but they like, don't. They don't no, throw themselves into that's it. Not a, that's not a commitment. When you are willing to throw it away without really putting in any sweat, blood, or tears. And again, like, it, although, like, we're in a really dark place on so many fronts. Like, I, I really do think the last couple years has been, like, the the point at which everything kind of intersects in a mess of a storm, uh, where everything is kind of falling apart all at once, um, at least from my perspective. And it's, it's on the other side of the storm where I think we see things start to change. And I do see, like, it's already starting now. Like, a lot of the, the women in my circle are now seeking these strong relations. They're, they're none to be found. Oh, no, absolutely not. But, but, the demand is now happening. And and again, looking at it from an economic stance, you're going to see supply increase where demand is increasing. So now that society is shifting towards a more freedom-minded, libertarian political com- compass, and you've got people looking at where we are today culturally and saying, I want no part of this. Yeah. And, and you're like, okay, I want traditional roles. I want, I want a masculine man who's got his stuff together. Um, you're going to see people changing to fit that that supply issue. Um, just like we saw men weaken down for whatever various of the reasons, the, the supply increased when, when demand increased. People didn't want strong men, and they slowly disappeared. Now you see, um, at least from my perspective, you are seeing a sort of a revival or, or a renaissance of kinds mm-hmm. um, where... And I see it, that's, this is the crazy part with all of this stuff. COVID, politics, uh, romance, masculinity, femininity. Women are leading all of this. Uh, you look at the protest movements, it's so much more women. You and I have had this conversation when you first started talking about like uh, masking kids and vaccinating kids and you saying that like it is going to be the women. And I, I think I sent you clips of historically, it's when the women get pissed off that like things actually change like that's how the french revolution happened over a lack of bread that's what happened in the russian revolution like when things get bad it's women holding the world accountable not that men can't but it's when that like mama bear attitude comes out like specifically in those revolutions that like you can't feed your kids we're gonna revolt um so when it comes to this whole like modern masculinity and figuring out how to like build men up again i'm not even gonna say some people might say it's about holding men accountable but no it's rebuilding standards and yeah it comes down to women reflecting on things and what do they actually want and what kind of standards are you number one going to hold yourself to and number two how do you communicate that to someone and again i'm not like perfect at this but every time i mess up and you're like man that wasn't going to work properly um (laughs) every time you remind me that you have a I told you so moment it's like a lesson learned for me and it's like that was an awful situation but like I learned something from it so like how do I take that to the next situation and what am I building up in place to a know my own worth and everything like that but also like how do I project that out to someone on how I expect you to behave things that like I expect from you certain standards if one will but it's being able to like hold fast to that and be like this is what I expect and, like, be able to have conversations like that and just say, like, just call it out and be, like, as a certain 
like if you want a certain quality spouse like you have to also like hold that up yourself and just like communicate it and eventually like you said it's almost like starving something out like eventually there's going to be enough demand for it that people have to step up or they're going to be like alone and maybe that's what some people want right yeah no it, it definitely and i do see it slowly happening and it's just got to get so bad. Why is it got to get so bad before it get changes? Because that's how everything happens. Like, that's just, that's just sadly how society has worked for a long time. But like I always get back to with, with every, everything is a swing. It, it goes one way, then it goes the other. Um, the society we live in is very cyclical. Um, the problem I have, though, is you live in a world of very weak men. You've got all of these, these issues around that. And, yeah, I think I think we're in a bit of a revol- revolution or a, a renaissance of kinds where strong men are probably going to start coming back. Um, the question is, the counterswing, it could be very dangerous. Because there's a lot of really, really weak men that in a, in a really bad counterswing become really, really easy victims. And, and if history's taught us anything, we, how we avoid that... Again, we, we exist to have middle ground conversation because middle ground's where we need to be absolutely but i it that's the other side of this coin is it gets dangerous because in again you look at you look at history and you look at the patterns when we get too hyper focused on femininity in men and you've you've mixing of gender fluidity and all of this other spectrum stuff you usually see a uh, the church is usually a Puritan uh, counterswing, mm-hmm. and and with those come persecution of people that don't fit the the Puritan mold, and that's where you see you see dystopian movies like, um, what is the name of that? Describe the movie. We'll see if I can figure this out. Baby, Handmaid's Tale. That's it. Hey, that's, that's, I got two words there, people, and I knew what we were talking about. That's where uh, that's where you see dystopian myths of like handmaid's tale and i i truly don't think a a strong masculine society gets to that point um that's a weak masculine society a hundred percent that's completely like and and that's the thing is you have to set like what does that actually mean and it doesn't mean suppression it doesn't mean dominance it it's truly about like a partnership like a strong man does not like dominate their partner like, they support their partner, and that's, like, where dystopian stuff gets... Dystopian literature is meant to be a warning. Yeah. Like, ideally, we never get to that point, but that's why, like you said, you need to be able to have these middle ground conversations. People need to be able to, like, talk about their expectations, and people don't want to do that anymore. People don't want to seem difficult, at least as a woman. The number of times I get called difficult or... um like irrational or that I'm not being reasonable if I try and hold someone to a standard is absolutely ridiculous. But people don't like being called out either. People absolutely don't like being called out. Yeah, and it this is where like being introspective and aware of your own because again, I think that's a very masculine trait is being aware of your weaknesses because like that how else do you protect yourself than being hyper aware of your own folly? But that's the thing is that in today's society men aren't allowed to have weaknesses. Or they're not allowed to portray weaknesses. I think in 1950s society, they might not have been allowed to have weaknesses. I think I think it's more the weakness Olympics at this point. We have trigger warnings. We have... For, for comedy shows, there's trigger warnings. 
I do think that that's getting excessive. When I think of a trigger warning, I and this is just my own perspective, it's only if it has to do with self-harm and something that could be completely damaging to someone. I, I think we've gotten far too politically correct in so many different areas. Um, it, it's just gone to the point that people just, they can't have a conversation, you can't joke about things. Like Everything is offending someone to the... It, it's just not even right. Well, how speech quickly. is violence now. Speech can be violent. I I don't see it. If if granted, if you're inciting violence, that is using speech. For, but speech itself, like if I was to say something nasty and repugnant, that itself is not violence. It's offensive. It's rude. It's disrespectful. It's not violence. I, I think not acknowledging the difference because like today's today's day and age, people don't get hit in the face. I grew up where you you mouth off, you get hit in the face. But today, you get cussed out, you get sworn at, you get something derogatory said to you. The two are not the same in my mind. I think both ways have a lesson to be learned. If you get hit in the face, it's an immediate, like, that is what's going on. I shouldn't have done that. Whereas from my perspective, like, I don't like choosing physical violence like I don't like getting there unless like it's an absolute like instinctual thing for me if I'm feeling like any particular type of way about an interaction I am far more likely to call you out on it and explain why this is an issue and it might not always get the message across but this is tends to be how I would communicate something being like drastically inappropriate with how someone had interacted with me and hope that like through that interaction of like actually like standing (laughs) in front of someone and being assertive that there is a different lesson to be learned. And hopefully people are able to be introspective and like, look back on that and be like this, like, what do you call me? 250 CC size female Yeah, is like willing to be like, no, like you cannot behave in that fashion well, in any capacity. I think, I think you literally just highlight again, the yin and the yang. Like that is, it is not a feminine response to, to ever resort to, to physical violence at all. Just naturally. On occasion it does happen. Don't get me right. wrong. But again, that comes that, down to the element. little circle in the yeah. yin and the yang. Um, but I still don't see speech being violence. And in today's world where we have safe spaces and we have to protect people's feelings at all costs. I, and again, this lends to the problems we have. Maybe violent is not the right word. And again, coming back to the beginning of like us recording and talking about like, what do words actually mean? We've lost all sense of what words actually mean. So maybe, again, it comes down to like words having power. And I say this all the time that people need to be very, very um, purposeful in the words that they choose to use at any given time. Because a lot of the time people are throwing big words out there and they make absolutely no sense with the message that they're trying to get across. People need to be intentional with their speech. And that comes down to, again, like, what does it mean to be dangerous? Like, if you are an articulate person, you are dangerous. Right. Well, the reason I I use speech and violence in that context is we're in Canada and we are are floating laws and, and already have laws on the books that equate speech to criminality. And I don't mean the occasions where you call, like, you show fire in a movie theater. You you incite panic, stuff like that. Or you call for violence on, on a third party. Like, hey, we're going to storm Trudeau's house. Like, those things have always been illegal. They always will be. Because it's a call to action. But in today's world, it is, like, Jordan Peterson was pulled in I knew, front of... I knew that's where we were going. I knew that's where we were going with compelled speech. Right. But to criminalize speech, it it's... I do not owe it to, to... I owe it to everyone in society to not strike people. I 
it is upon me as a, as a citizen within this organization to not go around and just smack people, even though I really might want to. Sometimes it's justified, doesn't mean it's within the rules. But to make sure their feelings are not hurt, lest I be charged criminally and called violence, it's just not the same. And this is the product of a really weak society. Like, to the wrong person, this podcast would be considered violence because I have probably upset somebody. It's interesting that you say that because, yeah, I have a podcast to you, like, a very different, totally different... I could never come on it. You, you couldn't. I share on my particular podcast, and it would be a very particular demographic, not going to, like, necessarily get into it here. My personal views on things that have helped me get through the last year and a half of my life, Jordan Peterson... David Goggins, like literally learning to be hard in a lot of ways and be very mentally disciplined would like, it, it's not well received on my podcast, but again, it's because people don't like being challenged, um, makes them uncomfortable. They don't, they don't like it at all. And that's truly, truly unfortunate. And like, even when it comes down to, um, talking about Jordan Peterson, the first time I had heard of him was my ex husband and he was just trying to like throw this guy in my face and I was so like steadfast that like I wasn't going to do it because it felt like it was being thrown at me and all that I knew about him were these sound bites these like very strategic clips that people were putting out there about this whole like compelled speech and what he was choosing or not choosing to say so I completely avoided it and that's the unfortunate thing is that I do think and this sounds like a Peterson like fangirl podcast but a lot of what is said and like where a lot of the true value in society and like really looking at what needs to be changed are in people that are controversial and are never appreciated in their own time no no and but but age like wine it's it's exactly what we need we're just not ready for it and eventually we will be ready for it and we're getting to that point i think people really need to be able to have these conversations and again i am not what i would consider like peterson's demographic at all when people think of, like, what is Jordan Peterson's demographic of, like, who his message is going out to. Same with Joe Rogan. Like, I am not... Well, I don't think anybody knows what Joe... Like, Joe Rogan's audience is everyone at this point. At this point, yeah, that, that's a good point. But particularly with Peterson, if I talk to people about, like, how, like, it's really helped me in so many different ways. Like, understanding myself, understanding other people. People are like, what do you mean you listen to him? What What's that uh, group of men that people say, like cling to him and he's like incels and he's like i don't know why people he's like maybe they like listen but i don't promote this but everyone well he's the president of kakistan i love that you have no idea what i'm talking about this this does lend to your point of his demographic because anyone listening to this that that really knows peterson knows exactly what i just said again not his demographic but i take a lot from it and i I've told you, I'm probably one of, like, the bigger, like, fans. I audiobook... Well, he's genuinely helped you. You're, you're better off today for consuming this And stuff. you've known me for, what, three years now? Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm a way stronger person than I was, but also, like, through listening and, like, learning from that, um, because he's actually, like, he's a clinical psychologist, and he's also, like, a modern philosopher, is where I would... A hundred percent. A modern philosopher. I wish he'd be a modern prime minister. I wish he would be, too. Like, I would be knocking on doors... Peterson for Prime Minister. Um, where is I going with this? There's lessons that can be learned from everything, and he does take on a very traditional 
role in things, which I completely appreciate because I grew up in a women have to be able to do everything, all of this. And his message is lean into it, like lean into the yin and the yang, lean into actually fighting for things instead of just letting them go. Like there is like true value in that. And like you said, like he has this quote about like being dangerous and even with when it comes to raising your kids, like, do you want them? Um, there's something about, like, being competent versus being, I don't want to say loved, but he has this particular quote about how do you want to raise your children? And do you want them to be competent or do you want them to be, like, I want to say safe or protected, but that's not quite it. Um, do you want to prepare your children? And I think that's what it comes down to is, like, in a in a traditional, in my mind, like masculine feminine family dynamic you prepare your kids to be competent in no matter anything that they do and competency doesn't just have to be in a task that happens day by day like competency is how you put yourself into the world competency is how you interact with one another and that's something that we've lost yeah it's, it's the totality like to be competent isn't in one subject it's it's all together total you have to be well-rounded in the various aspects. And I think that's something that we've lost. Like, somewhere along the line, and maybe this comes back to Mr. 42 or whatever, like, people think that they have to just excel in one area. And that is important. Like, if you're putting yourself into something, like, strive to be competent in what you're doing. But your job doesn't define you. Like, your moral character should define you. And I think that's where a lot of men, for example, have gotten lost, is that they think that their job and their title... Uh, makes them masculine or that's what's important and that's what defines them when really it's sitting down and looking at your morals like what do you value what's important to you and be willing to stand for it stand for it walk like walk the walk people are so afraid to pay a price for anything like again we talk about masculinity um people are afraid to pay the price of being counterculture at this point to be a masculine person in the today's day and age to want a stay-at-home wife with kids uh again like my wife isn't stay at home. We, she works part time, but like the the goal would be to have her home all the time because there's a benefit to the kids and to the have family. Absolutely, like I don't have children, but with how things are going with the education system, based off of my own oh, education, I, so bad. I know that's what I'm saying. I would love if I ever choose to enter into another like marriage, which I would love to do, but Lord knows at this point, um, that would be my goal. Is I would far prefer to spend. 13 years, 10 years of my life homeschooling my children so that they're getting values that I think that they should have as well as having an education that I feel is up to standard because... Oh, our education system is, again, one of the many things that has joined us at the intersection of everything's broken. Yes. That's like a whole other thing that you should do an episode on. Like, everything's broken. Where do we start to, like, untangle it to, like, fix it moving forward? Um, This is where we start masculinity and femininity this is where the 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 core of the family unit is where everything starts and it's even before it gets to the family unit it's like when you go to like enter a relationship with someone it's actually like having conversations about like what roles do you expect each person to have and so many people will just like give a bullshit answer it's like everything in society nobody people are too scared to present themselves authentically and that's something that i've really learned over the last little bit it's just present yourself authentically like there's still things that i try like i think i joked at the beginning of this episode about trying to like lean into the southern bell thing that you said i should try and do even though i do morticia bell but (laughs) morticia or karen i thought it was becky becky that's right 
Becky. Becky. Basic, and Uggs. Basic Becky. Um, but coming back into a role that I had vacated for several months, you had said, like, just, just try it. Just try, like, leaning into it. And it's something that I have been trying to do. Well, there's there's real power in oh, that femininity. We joke about it all the time in our work environment. I can't remember... It makes so many people... Again, weak men. It makes weak men incredibly uncomfortable. To the point that... People that you people that would perceive that this is a great example. People that would label themselves as that word that I hate, like an alpha male. They like try to present themselves as a strong person in just wearing a dress and heels, maybe doing my hair, like just slightly leaning more into the feminine nature than I have my entire life because I felt like I had to mask ma- or match masculine energy. Just made people completely uncomfortable to the point that like they can't maintain, like cannot maintain eye contact with me. To the point that, like, even dressing in a feminine way led to some kind of conversation with someone that I reported to asking about if I'm having problems in my department with how men are interacting with me. And it's one of those things. It's like, why would you make that assumption unless you yourself... Oh, it's 100% projection. ...are struggling with something. And I had another leader come up to me and say, like, you're clearly making this person uncomfortable. And it's like that power like it's not an intentional power dynamic but people always think that women are weak but we actually have this immense oh, power insane power like of a, a, a truly feminine female can just shut down any strong man just short circuit weak men are even worse it's it's yeah it's a power that really should be bridled <laughs> You you joke about it all the time I like with you having to have like saved me but like at, in our workplace of just like how people interact with you but like oh yeah how people will stop and wait as you walk half a mile down the hall <laughs> it's not a half mile it's just like, to talk to you which is weird because it's something that i had never considered prior to you bringing it up and maybe that's my own ignorance or maybe it's just you get used to it as a woman or like particularly like if you lean into it i'm gonna call it like not to like toot my own not to toot my own horn here because this is gonna sound like a humble brag but pretty privilege is a thing like i've gone through like a major like physical change and pretty privilege is a huge well, freaking thing. that's the thing like it's there's not you're not gonna stop it um, so the best you can do is catch it, see it for what it is, and leverage it. Same with mask, like embrace your your natural being. And and maybe that's like the the you're putting this far more eloquently than I was with my example. But in being able to lean more into that femininity, um, yeah, like I have way more power. Like I'm far more dangerous, if you will, than when I was trying to fight that. And that's the same thing with men. Like lean into your your masculinity like your your actual nature and see where well, things gonna, will take you you're never going to compete on the same level as the masculine like even a weak masculine weak male you're never going to be more masculine than even a weak male and that's just a natural fact so if you're playing that game you're going to lose whereas if you embrace the feminine which naturally is is your state then you're going to put yourself on a way different level than an average male so again, embracing it and using it to your advantage. And again, we're we're there. People are already seeing this. People are slowly like demand is coming back. Absolutely. And it's just like holding on to that and not feeling like again, I'm coming from this from the perspective of if I'm going to lean into my feminine nature and hold true to it, like not give up on it. Like I can be frustrated with it because if I am trying to like pursue a relationship and people aren't like stepping up to it, maybe people like, maybe I would have the inclination to like step back, but no, like you, I, for example, like need to hold true to that in order to have other people like come up to that standard. So it's being vulnerable and like being willing to like, 
lean into that in order to like have other people step up to it and that's a scary place like no one likes to be the one that like forces people to do something because again you get labeled in all different types of ways like I could be labeled as difficult or anything like that but some like at some point someone has to like lean into it in order to hold other people accountable oh yeah and and truly any compromise is only at your own expense to to settle it's it's only selling yourself short absolutely it's a value thing like I've talked about that with you. I've talked about that in, like, therapy. Like, I can admit that I go to therapy. I think everyone should be in therapy for, like, a certain amount of things. But, yeah, like, compromise feels like you're not being rewarded immediately. And I think that's the other issue that we have in society is immediate gratification. Um, is that people want, like, their instant, like, dopamine hit. Like, yeah, like, that feels good immediately. But in the long term, that's not actually what you want. And you can project being masculine, but you're not actually masculine. Like you're just you're just covering things up you're you're putting on a facade like tattoos don't make you masculine no being like jacked up huge like Dwayne the Rock Johnson who's a great human being like I would actually call him very masculine in how he like lives his day-to-day life and how he is with his family but you don't have to be a large dude to be masculine like no at all it's, it's how you interact with your family it's how you support the people around you like, actually, like, walk the walk, not just, like, be like, yeah, I can't put my arms down, I have no neck, my traps are huge, well, I'm, like, pumping pre-workout. Yeah, I mean, you get to a certain level where it's straight-up projection. Yeah. Like, you're, you're trying to... You're compensating. Yeah. Bust um, out your, like, massive, but no, like, again, it's the truck. totality. Masculinity isn't one fixed thing. It's it's embracing the whole character. Same with femininity. It's, it's like, a multi-dimensional thing, and, like, that's what being dangerous is, is that it's not just one thing. Like, to be feminine, it's not just how you you dress or whatever. It's, you hold yourself to a certain intellectual standard. You hold yourself to, like, how you treat people's standards. Same thing with being masculine. It's how you present yourself. It's the level that you educate yourself to. It's how competent you are with things that you need to do in your life. But people don't, people don't like being a total package. Like, if you're, like, if you hold on to all these different things, like, people have a lot of opinions and people are very quick to not want a negative opinion but it's those negative opinions that like show that you're making a difference like it shows that you're challenging people and making them uncomfortable and it's that being uncomfortable is that they're not willing to come to your level and that's fine you're gonna be alone right well and again we we live in a society where it's, again, weak people, male and female, they're so concerned about everyone else's opinion that they'll literally sell themselves short to appease it. Hey, that's like my entire dating life, like, up like, until very recently. Like me, I, I do consider myself a masculine male, and like a fairly healthy one. Like, I am introspective, and I am aware of the, the failings I've had growing up, and I've really changed a lot of things. My trajectory ended up okay, but like, I just don't give a shit what people think of me. Like, I just don't care. And that that's walking that authentic path. It's just being like, that's who you are. And you own it. Yeah, like, oh. absolutely own it. That's what you need to be willing to do, is to own that. Like, don't don't stray away from it. Like, again, every like a lot of what I said is lean into it. It's about having that self-awareness to lean into right. it and to, like, accept it. Well, and, like, again, on the note of masculinity, I think one thing I missed just before we, we close out was... Um, Back in, like, true masculinity, your word means everything. You are, you are surface level, that is who you are. You don't pretend to be somebody else. Like it or love it, like it or hate it, this is who I am. And I don't care if that upsets you. I don't care if it's not perfect. 
this is who I am. It's not just about who you are. So we touched on marriage earlier and how disposable so many things are. And then looking at you, who is a person who like is very faith-based and I am not, but when I took marriage vows for me, that was a vow. Like, again, to me, words are very important. Like I don't just throw things out there willy nilly. Like a vow was a vow. And that was something that I greatly struggled with was like, I had made this commitment and for me, a commitment is a commitment. And yeah, like, like you said, people like hold true to your word. And even something like a marriage vow, people can't hold true to like, it's not sacred anymore the way that it used to be. It's actually like recognizing it. Oh, it's super performative at this point. And that's the thing. People want a wedding. People don't want a marriage. Right. And like, that's like everything's performative at this point. That's actually a great word for it how people try and project masculinity is performative, how people try and project feminine femininity is performative. It's not about putting on a mask for three hours a day to put it on Instagram or on TikTok. It's truly learning to walk the walk and like educate yourself and just, just be willing to fully just live it. If you're, if you're going to talk, like live it, be willing to do that. Even if you lose people, even if it makes people uncomfortable, even if people don't understand it, that's the only way to number one, be authentic. And number two, to like have the changes in the world that you want to have, whether it be about like getting back on track with traditional masculine feminine roles, whether it be making the changes in society that you want made. So education system, you know, our government, anything like that, like walk the walk, own it, be okay with whatever consequences, whether they be positive or negative consequences aren't like always negative, but be willing when things get harder, things get uncomfortable to stick with it. Yeah. And you know, in a, in a wild messed up world, it's okay to be persecuted for being grounded. If, if this is how you see it ought to be and standing to it, like for example, if, if I was to get persecuted by, by the woke mob proverbially, um, that's okay with me. We live in a woke society where we live in a country where I could literally be charged for having some of the opinions. We've seen Bill C-10 now has gone into effect. You can now be put in jail for affirming your children's biological gender. But in those systems, it is not only okay, it is your duty to, to stay true to your moral values. Now again, I don't want to see anyone hurt or harm other people. Like, if, if your child is... is having problems or or also being able to protect a child from having hurt or harm that's the other thing like how how do you preserve people i think is a good way of putting it right preserve life as long as you're not causing harm like your your values you need to stand by them regardless of what the current climate says and i think that is i think that is how we walk our way out of this slowly how do you see us getting out like I said, like someone, someone in anything, whether it be um, willing to like stand against vaccine policies for children, anything like that, like a certain group of people needs to stand firm and say, this is what's going on. This is what I recognize as an issue. So say for me and other women that might feel the way that I feel, it's number one, leaning into our own femininity and then truly starting to like emphasize what people and it's so hard because it's like a subjective thing, but there are like 
basic things that could be defined as being masculine or feminine. But I truly think that it starts with having people examine morality and what they value and truly value, not just the surface level things. And then starting to hold people accountable. We'll just say men in general, starting to teach men that, yeah, like you need to learn or accept perhaps to own your word. And we'll start there. Own your thoughts, own your opinions and stick, like stand true to them instead of being so flip floppy, like find something that you believe in and walk that. And then as you build confidence in that, slowly start adding other things. Yeah. I I think my parting words will be like to the men out there, find out who you are, find out what it means to be you, what you Mm -hmm. truly believe in and then be damned with whatever anyone else says. And then even as a as a man, just to add to that, the way that I was saying, like, as a female, hold men to certain standards, start holding women to certain standards. Yeah, and, and the, the, the middle ground women or the stronger women, don't compromise, don't sell yourself short because, oh, he fits six out of ten boxes. No, honestly, like, don't take someone for what you think you can change them to be. Like, look at the person who's in front of you. But also, like, it is okay to challenge people. Like, ask people to step up. Yeah, and... And if they want to, they will. Right. And on either side of things if they don't you have to accept that that's not your place to change take the l yeah take the l anyway that's that's our show this week that is masculinity is coming back we're, we're bringing it back i i hope we bring it back i need i need hope for myself moving forward There's at so least many things on the brink of we're in a good spot it's gonna be tough it's, it's not gonna be a fun next decade but the results are gonna be worth it i have hope for kids that are like the generation that's your kids age just because of like influences like you or some of the other people that you have on the show just people that are willing to have those conversations and stuff like that like these kids stand a chance that we didn't have and that we're having to reparent ourselves these kids are actually being properly parented we're the south park generation we're the simpsons generation this is the peterson generation this is the rogan generation can you imagine we didn't have that i know we didn't i have as long as we can keep it from swinging, swinging too far, we're, we're bringing it back. Before we uh, let you go, I just want to chime in and remind everyone to pay the fee. Uh, we are on all social media platforms now. Uh, link will be in the show notes for all that. Uh, but if you enjoyed this episode, or again, if there's somebody you know that could benefit from it, uh, please, all we ask is you pay it forward. You, you share it and you pass it along. Uh, we couldn't do it without it. Uh, and we thank every one of you who have, uh, it's, it's really made a big difference and, uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you and have a great week, everyone. Take it easy. Something